0: And Eric, too. I'm Allison, and our only goal with this podcast is to help you feel more awesome each time you listen. Whether it's by laughing at us, laughing with us, or learning something new and helpful, we hope you feel a tad more empowered, lightened up, and awesome than you did before I'm here with the one, the only, the sexy, the talented, the Mr. Pleasant Pictures, Eric Robertson.
1: Hello. Hi.
0: We're in your studio. We're feeling good and this is episode 98, The Art of Putting Yourself Out There with Ellen Bennett. This episode is solid gold. Why?
1: I think it's my favorite one.
0: Because Ellen Bennett is solid gold if you don't know her you are about to know her and your life is about to get better i had the absolute pleasure of meeting ellen a few years ago and was just completely blown away by her and then we recently had her in town to be a panel member on our how to make instagram work for you in-person event that we did that is going to be an online course coming out in a week or two you're going to get to hear from her in that but she's just so good. You got to share her everywhere you can. So Ellen truly is an expert. And when I was trying to think of the title of this episode, I tried to think like, what is like the key takeaway? What What have I gleaned from this person? She really is a complete expert. At the art of putting yourself out there, of trying, of throwing something out there and just unapologetically going after what it is you want. She is seriously such a light to be around. I spent 24 hours with her and in the 24 hours, certain parts of my life completely were like upheaved and changed just all being in her presence in a good way. She she truly is somebody that when you're around her, you want to be better, you want to do more, and not because she's judging you, but because she really is just that inspiring to be around. Eric, you felt like that too.
1: Yeah, she definitely changed our life and uh, with our eating habits and kitchen.
0: So she okay, so We go and work out, Ellen and I, we've literally maybe talked to each other for like 20 minutes. We go and we work out together. We come to my house and she completely rearranges our kitchen. This is the absolute truth. Since Ellen has rearranged our kitchen and created what we... Ellen and I decided that day to call a Bennett station in our kitchen to help me cook more efficiently and like giving me some help basic ideas. us
1: cook more efficiently.
0: Eric has made curry. We've probably gone from cooking one or two nights a week to cooking four or five nights a week. Yeah. Making dinner with our family and I'm super super excited because look for it today on Instagram. I'm actually going to be doing a huge giveaway with Orson Giggy and Headley and Bennett's aprons, which is Ellen's company. So let me tell you a little bit about Ellen and she's going to explain to you about her business in the episode. She started this apron company called Hedley & Bennett. And since she has began it, has basically connected with every person in the culinary world that you've ever wanted to connect with. She is so incredible at putting herself out there, at doing what she feels called to do. This is what Martha Stewart Martha Stewart has said about Ellen, her exuberance and optimism is infectious. Don't you love thinking about Martha Stewart being <laughs> infected and just titillated by Ellen? I
1: like I like uh, thinking about her saying the word exuberance.
0: Exuberance, she, and and really that describes Ellen. So she started as a line cook. We're gonna she's gonna tell you how she started this apron company. There's so much to learn from her, but I want you to. Absolutely, to be sure to find Ellen on Instagram, one, because we're doing that giveaway, and two, so you can follow her, support her, and just be inspired by her and bring her into your life the way that I've been able to. She's Ellen Marie Bennett, B E N N E T T, on Instagram. And let's get into it. Okay, I'm here with the really beautiful, really luscious, really amazing Miss Ellen Marie Bennett of Headley and Bennett Aprons, but not just aprons, Ellen culinary brand. Culinary brand? I like that we're starting this with a sultry voice. It's I can't not. I just start getting really seductive. Like, it's just something that happens to me. There's a,
2: there's a radio station in LA. Coast
0: 103.5. That's actually my backup plan. Yeah, yeah, no,
2: exactly. <laughs> you don't know what you're listening to here.
0: I am so honored. We have, Ellen, what do we call it? The Space Cave? Pleasant Picture Studios? You call it the Space, Space Cave. Sure. Uh, we have her here. We kidnapped her from... Los Angeles and she was just here for my Instagram for you event. She's in those courses. She's going to blow everybody's mind. But aside from that, this is, I want to tell everyone why I'm so obsessed with you. So I met Ellen at Alt Summit Conference a few years back and she gets up and she speaks and she tells the story of starting her apron business, started as a line cook. I just Literally, like my jaw was on the floor. You handed me. Um, do you remember this? Like you had, you were like, "Oh, Allison, you dance," and you like handed aprons to some of your friends, and we like came dancing out in aprons. Yes. <laughs> and that that was the start oh, yeah, of our That friendship. was the opening. That was the, the opening act. And I was, you were like, "Will you wear this and dance?" And I normally am like, "I'm not just like a monkey," but for you, I was like yeah, for some reason this feels really right. This feels really good. I was just so blown away by your story, so blown away by your tenacity and your bravery and just honestly your humility too because what doing anything as I'm starting to realize what doing anything in life I think really requires is a lot of humility yeah. is, is a lot of just being willing to try and put yourself out there. And so I'm super, super honored and excited to be sharing you with the awesome empire. And I would love for you to share a little bit of that story of, do, you know, starting what you felt called to do and what that looks like for you. Cause it's just so good. Well, here I go. Here's so,
2: uh, I started it seven years ago. I used to cook professionally in Los Angeles at a two Michelin star restaurant, which was like the highest level of cooking that you could find, you know? And I hated our uniforms. I hated the way we all looked and felt. And they were all made overseas. They had no style. They fell apart and they were terrible. So the premise was make the best aprons in the world. And I think people think of aprons and they think of you know, maybe anthropology and they're like thin and frilly and they're g- very, very girly.
0: I've had so many of those in my Yeah, life.
2: <laughs> and, yeah. The, and that's fine. Yeah. But what I was trying to do was make gear that empowered people and that made them look and feel awesome. Like what you do, girl. Well, you know, <laughs> but you gotta, you gotta,
0: you sometimes looking the part helps you feel the part,
2: right? 100%. Well, and we both run marathons and I think yeah. you can relate to the idea of putting on a great outfit and then you feel like you're an athlete yeah. and then you go and run. That's actually how I was inspired. I went and got an amazing Nike outfit and then I signed up for the New York Marathon and I got accepted into the marathon and then I ran the marathon. So it was this
0: mental decision followed by action followed by the execution. Okay wait stop everybody just take out their notepads immediately a mental decision followed by action followed by execution. That's how we accomplish things? Mm-hmm. We can stop the show right now. Basics.
2: Just basics. But I do truly think everything starts with a decision. You either just Decide yes. Or do you decide no? This is That's so good. That's all it takes. And then it has to be followed up by action and you have to keep th- slugging through it.
0: Do you feel like, and I know I digress, but do you feel like which three of those is the hardest for you? The decision, the the like the action, the ex- do you see what I'm saying? I am... I'm a starter for sure. Yeah. I love to create things that don't exist. I love to see things
2: in my mind and then put them out into the real world. And that is probably the biggest thrill I get. Yeah. Because that's what vision is and that's what using your imagination is. And this is not going on Pinterest and seeing what somebody else did and then duplicating that. That is not creating. I'm talking about something that you saw in your mind and then put it out in the world. There is no bigger thrill than that. I
0: absolutely agree. It's really special. Yeah.
2: And a lot of times, like I said yesterday in your, in your conference, you have to be your own cheerleader when you're doing that because a lot of people don't see that and they don't see it until it's real. And that's why people buy houses and flip them. Because sometimes people buy a house and they can't see what that house can become. But then there's other people that are mm. like, I'm going to flip that home and make it look this way. It just, it's just each person is a little bit different. And yeah. for me, I think one of my special sauces is that I can see things before they are what they are.
0: I love So that. our
2: factory in LA, we yes. have a 16,000 square foot factory where we manufacture all of our product. And when I got that factory, it was... Horrible. Like my team thought I had lost my mind. They're like, what are we going to do here? It's a giant, empty, disgusting hangar in the middle of Vernon, which is not a nice area. (laughs) And you're going to do what with it? And I was like, guys, we're going to have zipline and slides and swings. And it's going to be like Willy Wonka of chef land. And we're going to have chefs here. And they're going to do events. And we're going to host dinners and brunches and lunches. And half the floor is going to be a manufacturing floor. And it's going to be fully vertical. And we're going to have shipping and distribution and quality control. And everybody's gonna work in the same building, and until I made that real, they they didn't believe it, even as it was happening. And then, quote unquote, it was successful. And then people were like, "That's amazing!" I started
0: crying. I'm I'm not like it's just I (laughs) cry always. But it's because I've been there and I've seen it, and I went to the most incredible event that you hosted there, and my mind was blown because there were swings and there were slides and there is a zip line. Yes. And I also remember, I vividly remember all of the sewing machines behind yeah. the event. Yeah. And it really was so cool. Okay, but let's backtrack because this. <laughs> I know everyone's I'm, like, wait, so there's zip lines. Yes. What <laughs> does she do? <laughs> Who is she? She's from LA. Okay, so she's a line cook and she decides that everybody <laughs> needs to look good and feel good. Yeah. And then what did you do? Because obviously you're a, a qualified seamstress, right? <laughs> I'm not. I know. <laughs> I'm
2: not. I'm not. But I do love design. Yeah. So started an apron company. That's basically what I did while I was cooking. And I was making $10 an hour just busting my butt. Yeah. Um, and I decided I wanted to make aprons that looked amazing. Then Two weeks later, as fate would have it, one of my chefs said, hey, there's a girl, she's going to make us aprons, do you want to buy one? And I was like, oh my goodness, this is my opportunity, the ship is sailing by in front of me, I need to leap off this dock and make it happen. And I literally said, chef... I have an apron company. I will make you those aprons. What is she charging and how long is she going to do it in? And I will do it faster and better. And I had no sewers. I had no plan. I had no nothing. I just had conviction and a decision. And I went with it. And he gave me the order. I love it. And that's literally how Hadley and Bennett started. Yeah. So at the crux of it, it was aprons. But really what I was selling, what I was empowering people with, was the way that they felt using my gear yeah and this was at a time when chefs were just starting to become like superstars so in a way I became their designer 2012 2012 so a lot more tv shows a lot more top chef you know kids baking championship all that stuff was really starting to bloom yeah and kitchens were becoming more and more open And you could see what was going on instead of it being hidden behind like a glass door. We
0: ate at a restaurant last night and you can see all the chefs. Totally. I love how you went and talked to them after. Oh, always. That was like my favorite (laughs) thing that ever happened among many. You got to go say hi. Yeah.
2: Um, So that was the crux of it. And then it became this really incredible thing where people knew me within the culinary space and it became a cult following
0: so, so let's back up though because it sounds like immediate success you you say to yeah. chef i'm gonna make you an apron yeah. and what was the timeline what did he come back with so him and i worked together good point we jumped yeah. right to it yeah yeah Woo! well no because we get so excited but i'm like no there's failure along the way i feel like we should be on <laughs> treadmills while we're doing this just run go go
2: go um so he gave me this order. Yeah. I found a sewer. I speak Spanish. I'm, I'm half Mexican, half English. Crazy combo. Um, and I went and found a sewer. I got him to say, okay, I can do this in the timeline that you need. And then Chef and I sat down and I was like, what's everything you hate? What's everything you love in your aprons? Why do they suck? Yeah. Where, do, where do you need to improve them? How can I improve them for you? And between my design sense and his very like functional forward thinking, yeah. we came up with the first design. I Somehow, miraculously Made that first order Turned it in Two days later, while I'm literally a line cook In his kitchen, he comes up to me And he's like, Bennett, these aprons suck And I almost died. And I was like, Uh, but uh, instantaneously, I was like, this is my one and only client. This is my one and only chef. I will take care of him and I will be a responsible business owner. I said, give me half the order. I will repair them while the other half is still in the kitchen. Don't worry about it. We will take care of this. I got you. And what I did was I gave him like reassurance that I could handle the situation. I dealt with it. And in that moment, we developed the straps that we have to this day, which are... Made with brass hardware and they're adjustable on your neck. Okay. If you see most aprons, you have to tie them or untie them to adjust and it's a pain in the butt. And so we did that. We used really beautiful cotton webbing that is nice on your neck. It's not uncomfortable. And we just took really basic things that an apron always had and we elevated it to the up most level. It's like the yeah. difference between a tomato you buy at a random grocery store and a yeah. tomato from a farmer's market. Yeah. The taste night is and night and day. Yeah. So we just elevated every single detail of the product for him. So instead of using, you know, polyester I used Japanese denim instead of using plastic. I used brass hardware yeah. and I just took something ordinary and I made it extraordinary. Oh, that's beautiful. And then on top of that, I took people's brands and the style of their restaurants. And I would walk into a restaurant and say, okay, it's so green you and had it's your blue first, and yellow. You had
0: your first client, right? Yeah. yeah and that then, was my first And client. then how did you, yes. How but did you get the other ones? Oh, Eric's got a question. Oh, he's in the mix. Oh, he's oh. in the mix. It's kind of fun when he gets in. Yeah. Well, um,
2: Guy in the yeah. glasses in the yeah. back. Yes, yeah,
1: tell over, me. Yeah, over here. No, no, yes, not, not yes. her. You. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, this, yeah,
2: Somebody, get him a mic. Um,
1: how did you afford this? Ooh. I,
2: I didn't afford this.
0: Ooh.
1: I had three hundred
2: dollars that I had in savings, and I got a deposit. On the order.
1: What is, oh, from the, okay. Oh, so he
2: gave
0: you money. He gave he, me like, a deposit. So, okay.
2: Because it was custom. And I was like, it's custom, I can do this. So I got a deposit and then I went out and used that to get the raw materials. Now, granted, by the time I got the aprons back on that first order, I made no money. There was no money. In fact, I, sl- I lost money. Um, but that that is what it is to get it off the ground. Yeah. And then from there, I started going to farmers markets and setting up a like a booth. Okay. And I would go to food events and talk to chefs and say, My name's Ellen. I work at Providence. It's a two Michelin star restaurant. How I'd old love to you? show you How what old I'm were working you doing on. This? I was 25. I'm, I love, I'm 31.
0: I love thinking like of a little Ellen just walking <laughs> up to these big, intimidating chefs being like, Oh, hey, hi, I'm working on this. Like, really? <laughs> (laughs) But you know what? People appreciate face-to-face contact. Uh, They appreciate someone having
2: the tenacity to walk up to you and say, hi, I'm working on something. I'd love to show it to you. Would you mind giving me your two cents on it? And then showing up to the time that you said you're going to show up. Ironically, yeah. people don't do that all that much. No. Think about how many times people actually use the phone these days. It's not very common. Yeah. so this is where my like, old schoolness comes out. I
0: love it. Well and you said yesterday, you're like, I'm like a 70 year old man. Yeah and I'm like, in a
2: 31 year old body. Because I, love it. I love old school face to face. I think yeah. it's really vital. And if you can combine old school with new school and technology and Instagram and all those things, you're that much further. So I did a lot of just grassroots interaction. And street by street, chef by chef, I talked to every chef in Los Angeles. I would go to the restaurants. I'd meet them at the farmer's market. I'd see them at an event. I'd call them up. I'd say, hey, I'd love to come by and show you what I'm working on. And they'd say, yeah, sure, come between the hours of 2 and 4. And next thing you knew, I would close an order on them. And then they were wearing it, and then their friends would see it, and they'd say, that's a sick apron. Like, it's actually really nice and it looks cool. Who made that for you? And they'd be like, oh, it's Ellen this chick she's doing it Ellen the apron lady they started Ellen, the apron yeah lady. they coined me Ellen the apron lady so then all these people just knew about me yeah. and then I started posting it on Instagram what I was doing in real life and I just kept up both I never waited around for someone to come and give me an order I was actually out
0: there doing outreach okay. all the
2: time that
0: is I think the most, um, one of the most important things is you were never waiting for someone to give you an order. Nope. And how applicable is that to every single thing we're trying to do in life? Whether yeah, it's you have business. to think of yourself as like, you're a fisherman. You're yeah. out
2: there. If you're just sitting in your boat waiting for the fish to land inside your boat, a boat, it's never going to arrive. You're never oh going to have gosh. a fish land but on you. But how
0: often do we do that? All okay, the, the other thing that I think is so cool what you did is by going to these chefs and and talk like you were offering them custom colors. Yeah. And so you really were thinking about like what is it that I I think that's one of the reasons people took meetings with you is you weren't showing up and saying, here's what I want from you. Here's what I need from you. Get, like making it about you. You showed up and were like, how can I serve your needs? How can I make this about you? Exactly. You have to figure yeah. out what
2: people actually need and what they want and what they're looking for in a way that isn't just like, look at my beautiful product that I made that I think is incredible. Have you asked your audience what the heck they're even looking for? And by audience, in this case, I meant my chefs. Yeah. So I was going and sitting with chefs just to pick their brain, and then it would become an order. So I would say, You're tell so me good. tell me everything you love. Tell me everything yeah. you hate. How is it looking? Okay, your restaurant's like yellow and green and blue. What if we incorporate that? color into the straps? What if we do a cool embroidery on the pocket? And so it became this collaborative focus group where I was
0: learning what they wanted before I made product for them. And I think this is so bananas because I think when people think about starting a business or starting any sort of project, it's like, well, I got to get a thousand pieces and I make this one thing. And you literally like had seamstresses. Yeah. Yeah. You got to go basic. You got to start, start small. Like it's actually
2: totally okay. And And I do think that sometimes people get caught up in, well, I need all these different things. I need that perfect business card with the right thickness of the paper in order for me to get it off the ground. And for me, I just kind of leaped off the dock and I started it. It's not an easy way to do it, but it meaning there's more than one way to begin a company. And you really don't don't get too tied up in the semantics because then you might never
0: begin. So what has life looked like for you, you're knocking doors, you're hitting the pavement, yeah. you're starting, you have some seamstresses and, but now. Had, one, one well, seamstress. You have a, you have I have Jose. Jose. We have Jose. <laughs> Good old Jose. And so you have a seamstress. Yes. And here's where we're at, right? So people listening, whether you're interested in a business or you're just interested in, trying something new in your life, making a decision and then taking action on it. Mm-hmm. I think sometimes we can start taking action. You started taking action And then what did it start feeling like? Like the orders came in? Was there a period of growth where you're like, I can't keep up with this? Or did things stall out? And you're like, how am I going to push it to the next level? It felt like a constant blend of
2: absolute raging success combined with utter failure every day. (laughs) Every day it was like, I closed an order. And then an hour later, a customer would call me and be like, there's something wrong with the aprons. The world is ending. And yes. then as somebody else, there's an order. <laughs> oh, I'm on top of the world. And then someone else being like, my strap broke. Everything's over, you know, just over and over and over. And yeah. you just literally have to ride the waves. Like mm. you just have to kind of, you know, when you're in the ocean and you have to like crouch in the wave, not like try to fight the wave mm. and you just embrace it and you keep pushing through. And every day it was like I was getting my face slammed into the ground a little bit. Yeah. Um, but I had this deep, deep, deep desire to do what I was doing. And with anything you do, you have to have a deeper why for what you're doing besides just, I want to have a business or this looks fun. The grass always looks greener on the other side. Yeah. Everything everyone else is doing looks better than what you're doing. That doesn't mean it's actually fun and that it's going to Complete you, so you have to find the thing that really speaks to you, and then you go after it like a rabid beast. But <laughs> but you cannot, you can't go. I don't want to go be a rabid beast about like I don't know air conditioner units. But yeah, I bet you there's people out there that are really excited about getting yeah. people cooling units for their home. Yeah, to each his own. Yeah, so you got to find the thing that makes you excited, and so you have to try a lot of things. You have to get out there. You have to explore and see things with your own two eyeballs. Get out of the internet for a second and like, go look at real life to see what you want to do.
0: I think that is just, it's just such a good reminder. And it's so important where, especially with the internet, we just get in this research mode and this comparison mode. How did you decide that you wanted to go to culinary school?
2: I have always loved cooking. Yeah. I love the way it makes people feel. I love how their face like sparks up when you, they stick it in their mouth and they say, oh, this is so awesome. Um, And I just, I loved that feeling. So I went to culinary school when I was 18. I moved to Mexico City, lived there by myself, went to school and it was an incredible experience because I got that as a sort of empowerment moment where I said, I've gone to school. And then Mm. I came back to LA And got a job as a line cook making $10 an hour. So if we're being honest here, the school didn't really do very much for me. Because there were people that went to way fancier schools than I did that were working under me at that restaurant. And the chef didn't really care where you went to school. He was like, can you work? Can you get the job done? Can you move quickly? Mm. Do you know how to clean? Are you organized? Are you going to listen? Are you proactive? Those are the things that I look for in my employees now. I'm not as worried about where they went to school and what's on their resume. Yeah. So I did go to school, but I really, I could have not. And it, and it, all, all school did for me was me be able to say, did you go to school? And I say, yes,
0: (laughs) that's it. Yeah. That's literally it. Honestly, (laughs) until yesterday, I didn't even realize you went to culinary school and I, like, I, I don't, trust you anymore or any less. Do you see what I'm saying? Totally. I was already going to listen to everything you told me to do. (laughs) Like I was already going to listen. So you're 18, you go to Mexico City. I just feel like there's this theme and I was talking to you about this where I'm like, Ellen, I just feel like you're so brave, which is funny. I think people might think that I'm brave. Do you? And I'm like, I don't think I'm I don't, I never think of myself as brave. I'm like I'm just doing the next logical thing. But so what do you, what do you think about that? Like where does your sense of um, empowerment for yourself come from? Like right? Like I think even lots of people wouldn't even feel brave enough to go to culinary school at eighteen and then to like walk up and say, "Chef, I can do this." I think just stop thinking about it so much and just do it.
2: Just decide. Do you think it you're just and do wired it.
0: this way. I
2: just think that I try hard I try a lot and I fail a lot but for all the times that I fail one of those is going to work and in the time you're thinking about whether or not you're going to fail you could have already tried four times and then learned and then gotten back up and then one of those failures turns out you learned a lot and then the next one becomes a success but how did you get this way Are you just well adjusted I just am willing to experience what it feels like to fall on your face How were you supported? Let's get into
0: therapy here. How (laughs) how were you supported as a child? Do you see what I'm saying? Because this, uh, this. I wasn't.
2: I mean, my parents got divorced when I was nine. So I kind of sort of raised myself because my mom was a nurse. She worked a 12 hour shift. So I was at home doing my thing all day by myself with my sister. So in many ways, I was hyper independent Mm. and just started trying a bunch of stuff. So and by trying stuff, I mean, my mom would go to work and I would say, I'm going to paint
0: I'm gonna paint the living room. Oh my gosh. And she
2: would come home and I had painted the living room beige.
0: And what was her response to you painting the living room? She's so chill. She was just like,
2: oh, it looks very nice. She's a little Mexican lady.
0: <laughs> and then another time, I,
2: I sponge this. painted her bedroom yellow and she was like, it's cute. And then she went to bed. That was it. That was like it. So she gave me permission yeah. to try stuff. Yeah. And it never even crossed my mind that I couldn't try stuff. So don't try to be so precious with yourself or your people around you and that,
0: wait, 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 you gotta, did you make sure? Yeah. Uh, that that you're just like getting, in, you're getting in your way. Well, I think this is, and Ellen doesn't have babies yet. She does have a pig. Yes. I say yeah, like I'm assuming you're going to have them, but I feel like you are. But um, I do have a 200 pound pig. She has pig. a 200 pound pig. So that's kind of like having three babies, really, if you think about it weight yes. wise. Yes. Um, we have the same Oliver's Pig Adventures
2: on Instagram. Oh, Oliver's
0: Pig Adventures. <laughs> He's really cute. He's really so um, handsome. Um, But we have we have a lot of parents who listen to the show and like that's even really inspirational for me as a parent because I think a lot of people listening, one, are like, okay, what can I take away from Ellen and like this tenacity? But then two, I know a lot of us we want to instill that in our children. Absolutely. And like what an amazing example your mom has set for all of us by her just like you don't real like I like that is huge. Yeah. For huge. for for her to come home and you've just taken the initiative <laughs> to paint a wall and for yeah. her to say, Looks cute, right? Yeah. Like
2: do not remove the initiative. That's the thing. Yes. You have to let them and let yourself. That's this is mind blowing. This is fail. really good. You you have to because You think about all the successes you see out there. You have no idea how many times those people failed behind the scenes to reach that moment of success. And mark my words, every successful person I know has had more failures than successes
0: Yeah. because they're willing to fail. And you can really listen to her because she knows a lot of really, really successful people. (laughs) But really, you know, especially like in the LA food scene, it's just... It can just seem so crazy. Brene Brown follows me on Instagram. Brene Brown follows her on Instagram. That's maybe my, like...
2: I'm, it's, it's, I'm and I'm, like, baby-stepping.
0: And I I promise I wanted to be your friend before I knew that. But, no. like, right? But, like, now I'm pretty excited because I feel like I'm one degree closer oh to goddess. Goodness. I really will only refer to her as Queen Goddess. I noticed
2: that in your event yesterday. Yeah, it's just
0: – it's something that I feel like I can do to, like, add reverence to, like, the work that she's done because I yes, just really appreciate – I just really appreciate what she's done. Yeah, absolutely. I love this. So what do you think – your advice would be to someone who's out there and they want to do something and they are just feeling defeated and discouraged and if
2: you're if you haven't begun and you want to do something that you've never done before my suggestion which is the route I took was go get some hands-on experience go mm. go shadow go work for someone do it for free like leave your ego at the door and yeah. actually go try and work somewhere for free or for very little money with someone who's doing what you want to do. And I'm not talking about go follow like um, an influencer or something. What I mean is, if you want to be a landscape architect, go find five of the best companies that do that and go be their receptionist. Go work in their go work in their mailing room. Go get there on a grassroots level. Yeah. Like. Just climb in. One of my favorite things is if the front door isn't open, climb in through the window. Go yes. climb in through the window of the place you want to be at or the dream you want to have. I started working at this restaurant because I wanted to have... This whole taco empire—that was why I wanted to work at Providence. Okay, I love that. Okay, it had yeah. nothing to do with aprons. Yeah. Like the road is windy here. Yes. Okay. Yes. People in your cars, hold on to your bootstraps. Yes. <laughs> you gotta have start drawing a timeline on the side of your car to just remember everything that's happening. Yeah. But I was working there because I wanted experience in a restaurant, and while I was working there, I realized I do not want to have a restaurant. Yeah. But what if I had gone out? gotten alone, and started a restaurant. I would have been miserable. So back it up. Go practice. Back it up. Go you practice somewhere. Yeah. Go learn. Go get a job yeah. somewhere. Get some hands-on experience in whatever it is that you want to do to really see if that is truly what you want to do.
0: I Don't love just dabble.
2: That. Dive yeah. in.
0: Don't just dabble. Dive in the Ellen Marie Bennett story. Do you need more book titles? Because I think we have a few. Okay, don't just dabble, dive in. Really? Like you could get that tattooed.
1: And maybe, maybe I will. Maybe you in Utah. should.
0: In Utah, I'm sure we can <laughs> find somewhere to do it. So tell me about Headley and Bennett today. Tell me about this like gorgeous office. There's so many people there. I feel like I mean, I'm seeing collaborations with vans. I'm seeing collaborations that are just like so mind-blowing and I'm just over here like, oh, remember how Ellen, I have her phone number) <laughs>
2: Um, okay, so fast forward seven years,
0: Yeah, um, I went from
2: my house to a little tiny office, to a bigger office, to a third office, and after moving three times in three years, I was like, this is insane. Got the factory, mm. overhauled the factory, brought everything in-house there, made it vertical, meaning now, everything is done. Now, that's a big done. decision, getting a factory. is huge, because really, I was really 27, and yeah. I did it on my own, and I was still self-funded. I am still self-funded to yeah. this day, which is a very unusual thing route to uh, take I think in and you know consumer packaged goods um and so I took on the factory and then from there we started doing a bunch of really fun collaborations um we had outfitted about 4,000 restaurants by then wow we were in William
0: sonoma Sur La how did the William sonoma Sur La how did those um collaborations happen
2: well, we had built up this massive following of chefs that were yeah. now wearing our products. So you would go to your favorite chef's restaurant and you would see our aprons and you'd see a little red square on yeah. the chest, which is the shape of an ampersand, which is an and symbol. Yeah. And people would see that and they would recognize that little patch and they'd say, what is that? And their friends would say, oh, it's Headley and Bennett. Oh, you know Hedley and Bennett? Oh man, Headley and Bennett's awesome. The best chefs wear them. And it just became mm. this like par- with the best. Mm. If you were the best, you were wearing Headley and Bennett. And then all those chefs started being on television. And then we started outfitting the Food Network. And we started outfitting all the kids' baking championship shows. Crazy. Or like, you know, you name it, on Netflix. Yeah. Nailed it. Yeah. Where's Headley and yeah. Bennett. And you just recognized the patch. And it was a stamp of quality. Yeah. And so people at home wanted to wear that because they were aspiring cooks.
0: And then Martha Stewart started wearing them, and David oh, Chang started fine. wearing Martha them. Oh, it's fine. Martha Stewart wears them. It. It's like, <laughs> don't bring up Brene and Martha in the same set. If you tell me RuPaul has worn one of your aprons, then I'll just fall no, off the Rue, couch. No, Ru, I'm coming for you. Yeah, let's get Ru in one. I, uh, I just would love to see that.
2: Mr. JV...
0: JVN? Yes. Stop. He wears Headley and Bennett. Job. Yeah. you just sleep so well at night <laughs> you just have to go to bed feeling like a champion but just imagine all these people are now
2: wearing Headley and Bennett so the aspiring cooks in a kitchen you know working their butts off to become a chef one day like the me's of the world yeah the ten dollar an hour line cooks were looking up and saying if I wear Headley and Bennett like I can be a better cook and what that did is they it empowered them and then they sort of held their head up a little higher and then they did a better job and then they Climb the ranks better. And it was just this kind of amazing push that was happening. And it wasn't about the apron, it was about the attitude.
0: And- that is like such a full circle moment. Yeah. To you putting on the running clothes and feeling empowered to exercise. Totally. To people yes. putting on the apron. And just- to this
2: day it is special if when I walk yeah. into a restaurant I could be in, you know, I could be anywhere and I see a Headley and Bennett apron and it's it's exciting. It's really beautiful. So the company has grown, you know. A lot, and we have about forty something employees. That's a lot
0: of employees, lots of
2: employees. We have the sixteen thousand square foot factory. Oh my goodness! Um, we're about to. We just did a collaboration with Vans. We did shoes for the kitchen and people that are just standing. You in their did feet shoes for the day. kitchen. Yeah, well, they're honestly for people that stand in their feet yeah. all day. So really, even a nurse could wear them. But they're beautiful. They're awesome, and the, yeah. the sole of the shoe is a rainbow. That matches oh, the rainbow awesome. outside of our factory because we have a gigantic yeah. wall of uh, rainbow. <laughs> outside the HQ that we stole from our neighbor's wall. And we did it. It's fine. They don't even need to know about it. Except now it's on a podcast. So there you go. Yeah. (laughs) But all of that happened. Um, I grew up a lot as a human being running a company and being at the helm of a ship that was once a very small little rowboat. (laughs) And it, it became, it became so much more than me. So I started having to hire people that could help me run it and you know, we have a CFO and a CMO and different people that are in there working to grow the business. And now it's morphed into more of a culinary brand. And what that means is basically, our company is designed to empower people in the kitchen. Mm. And build that bridge between the professional kitchen and the home kitchen. So I think there's so many basics that you can learn from cooking professionally that yeah. you could adapt to your home cooking every day. And just because you're not a professional chef doesn't mean you should feel like cooking is polarizing or difficult or complicated. There's super easy, amazing things that you can do at home. And I and I truly believe it. you know throw on a Headley and Bennett apron and yeah. make it happen at home or in a professional kitchen.
0: I love this. Okay, I'm gonna make you give us some kitchen takeaways but first this is what I just uh compared like bringing in full-time employees like to like what it feels like getting married again oh yeah and, and it, like right where it's like this and then there's divorces and there's and there's divorces and so as I've been growing my team um and because I'm in Utah and there's this large community of entrepreneurs yeah and but just like every single person in life, it's, there's stress. I yes. mean, there it is it is heavy. It can feel so isolating and so overwhelming. And I mean, I shared this experience a couple weeks ago of, you know, most of the people had gone home and we'd been having meetings all day and I was just feeling so overwhelmed and I am just pushing this freaking ship, but it's not a ship. It's like a tugboat at this point. <laughs> I'm trying to steer this little tugboat forward and... Even though I like have a vision and all of these things, I just sometimes you're just like, "I don't know what to do." And I looked up at McKenna, sweet, gorgeous McKenna, and I just was like, "I do not know what to do." And I just almost just was trying not to like burst into tears. It's yeah. not her problem. it's It's a lot. Yeah. It's a lot, and so and but here's the thing: everyone feels like that. Every everybody, my most successful
2: friends that don't run a business that have high paid, fancy jobs, yeah, and my friends that run a business feel that way. It's just it is part of it, and it is an uncomfortable place. And being an entrepreneur does mean you have to take on certain responsibilities that other people don't. Yeah. And you're making a commitment to do that and when you are the owner of anything, you are 100% responsible for everything good, bad and ugly. And while you might see us up on a stage being celebrated, we are also the people behind the scenes cleaning up the mess. We're also the people with a broom in our hands. We are the janitors. Yeah. We are we are the workhorses. And and that's part of the journey. So if you think for a minute, that starting a business is a, a beautiful, <laughs> I'm like, I was going to say sexy.
0: Is that okay? Sexy? Oh, yeah, it's,
2: yeah it, it's not. It's really not sexy. It's yeah. brutal. It's
0: brutal. It's well, so and hard. And I don't think it's just starting a business. I think it's going after any dream. Exactly. Going after Absolutely. anything you care about. Absolutely. So what have you done to, you know, as we like to say on the podcast, to feel as awesome as you are? Like, what have you done with, because this is a crazy amounts of stress and pressure yeah. that really have crushed people and totally. can easily crush you and so what are some of the practices what are the some of some of the things that you feel like help keep your head in that place so that you keep going with that diving in tenacity that you have so I think for a long time I just kept running and I never got off the bike
2: to adjust the bike yeah and I had to actually recognized that I needed to change stuff and I think recognition is such an important part of making changes and Mm. and a decision to change but if you can't see that you have an issue then how are you going to fix that so I realized about four years in that I was getting really burnt out I had so many employees. I'd basically gone from a line cook to a CEO with Bananas. no training of any yeah. kind except yeah. for the training I was having by having my face slammed into the ground yeah. on the daily and getting up and just still being like, all right, I'm going to keep showing up. Yeah. Um. But that creates grit and that creates resilience. And then you just, it doesn't get easier. You just get better at dealing with it. Yeah. And you start to learn better ways to a- attack situations. Um, and I think that About four years in, I realized this is the way you're doing it right now, Ellen isn't necessarily the best way. There's got to be another way. So that was right around the time when I hired my CFO. Okay. And she came in and she was so much more experienced than I was. And she was like, listen, let's try this. Let's try that. What if you, you know, what if you get a coach? What if you get a business coach? What if you get an assistant to take off certain things that you have on your plate? Mm. What if we start documenting every single person's role in a way that, takes it out of your head, and gives them the tools so that they know what success looks like for them as an employee. It's really hard to do. It it, it is (laughs) hard, but it's necessary, right? It's the hard work. Like There is no no shortcut to the work. You just have to do it and lean into it. So I leaned into it. Um, I also, I was working a lot. I mean, I was working insane hours. So I realized the value of actually sleeping enough. Mm -hmm. So I make sure that I sleep eight hours every day, rain or shine. Eight hours is my is my jam, um, and it helps me just be on point during the day. Yeah. I drink a lot of water, yeah, and water, believe it or not, is so vital. Yeah. It makes things move in your body. Yeah. Period. I'm just gonna leave it at That's that. That's All we need is all you water. need. You need to move the she's things hor- happening she's in your body. At my Diet Coke habit. Uh, I know. I couldn't believe I was going through the drive-through. So of delicious. delicious, and that the only <laughs> other option on the menu was cookies. Holy smokes! <laughs> um, so lots of water. Yeah. Sleeping enough. I surround myself with people that are either as successful than me or more successful than me because it pushes me out of my comfort zone. When you are surrounded by people that are not necessarily going at it in life with the same tenacity that you need to be going at it, it kind of, you set yourself up to be at that level. So you really want to be striving for whatever it is you want to be striving for. Go to the top. Like get people around you that are just brilliant geniuses because you will absorb it by osmosis and you'll absorb the bad and you'll absorb the good. So mm. if you're around people that are negative or bringing you down or doing things that are not contributing to forward motion in your life, yeah. probably not a good idea. You yeah. probably make some adjustments there. So I, I definitely did that. And one of the unfortunate things that happened when I started my company was the things I used to relate to with my old friends, I wasn't relating to them anymore because yeah. it was like talking about workers comp and mm. HR issues yeah. or how do you grow this or did you take a loan what does that look like yeah and so it became a little bit more distant um, the relationship yeah and my friends started to becoming much more entrepreneurial or people that were you know going after a dream or really working their butts off to make something happen and they couldn't hang out they didn't want to hang out because they didn't yeah. have time and that was okay and so that was part of the life shift too Mm. was recognizing that I was changing as a human being and I needed to change the things and people around me. Um, And then I started meeting other people that, you know, now are some of my best friends, but back in the day there were people that I really looked up to, like Ojoy. Yeah. You know, she was in my wedding, but when I first met her, Ojoy was a hero of mine. She was somebody that was doing what she was doing and she was doing it so well. Or Ali Webb of Drybar. Yeah. She's incredible. When I first met her, I was like... You're insane and amazing. Now I go to her and we talk shop and we talk yeah. about all the, the struggles of running a company. So those are just modifications I made along the way uh, that have helped me be
0: the best version of myself. And when you were feeling like, you know, I don't have as much in common with these people anymore. Like, was there any part of you that's like... Like felt guilt or shame around that. Like, oh, I, I, I think I'm too good. I don't, you know what I mean? Like, no, it was never a feeling. It was never like I'm better than these
2: yeah, people. It was yeah. never that. It's about people change and things change yeah. and life changes. And because something worked one year doesn't mean it's going to work next year. And that's in business and it's in relationships. And over time, you have to let some of that go and you fail forward.
1: Like you just
2: keep pushing forward, and you know, you don't need to make a big fuss of it. Yeah, you simply change courses, and people move places and they change jobs, and that's part of life. And it was a hard thing that I had to really grapple with because as i was growing the company i thought everyone's my friend these are my people they're with Mm. me and when they leave it was such an emotional situation (laughs) that by year four i had done that so many times i was Mm. exhausted with that and i had to separate my emotions from business to be able to push forward and that you kind of got to do that in life too like if it's just not working for you and that friend that's okay yeah. Life is long. Maybe, maybe in the future it'll come back together. But that's a weight that you're both carrying and like why yeah.
0: just move forward. I think that's really, really awesome to have that perspective because really what it is is it's permission to just evaluate your life and say it's okay that I, it's okay to change. Yes, change is okay. Yes. And let me tell you, change is uncomfortable. Oh but if <laughs> you are not
2: letting yourself change, yeah, then what is this? You're not a, you're not a robot. You're not a stagnant thing that just stays a certain way. Every single day you have an opportunity to wake up and make something different. Who's driving that car? You are. Yeah. So why are you telling yourself that other things are happening to you? You're the one letting things happen to you. So what are you going to do about it? How are you going to get up and make a change that's going to make you better or different or change the situation that you're in? You have to do that.
0: Amen. Did you just like, I wanted like a revival preacher in the back and the choir saying hallelujah. I love that. I mean, I love, 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 love that idea of you can wake up every day and change what you're doing. You can create whatever it is. You can wake up every day and it's just Every day is that fresh start, that like rebirth of like just letting go of what happened yesterday. And that might include certain relationships and that might include certain bad habits, right? And by the way, just saying letting
2: go isn't necessarily going to let it go. You're going to have to work through it. Yeah. And you're going to have to feel that uncomfortableness because it's not just about some inspirational quote that's like, just let it go and then it's gone.
0: It's not gone. It feels really bad. It's still there and
2: it's annoying and it's bothering you and you're getting a brick on your shoulder and you're like, go away, brick. But you still, you have to be aware of that and you just push forward. So I'd say if there's anybody that's questioning, should I make, should I make a change? Make the change. Yeah. What's the worst that could happen? That you change? Yes. Wow. Yeah. How awesome is that to just say, I can change. I did that. I allowed myself to
0: make that shift. Who did it? I did it. Period. 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 Okay this is perfect because you're perfect and also, I would like to be more perfect in in regards, as I was telling Ellen this, it was so freaking hysterical. She walked into our house, she picked all this stuff out of our backyard and then she walked in my kitchen and like nervous twitch almost started rearranging <laughs> my kitchen. It really was like a compulsive habit and I was super here for it because I have zero ego attached to any of it and I was like, yeah, tell me, yes, tell me what to do. Um, I feel like, I'm coming out of this, like I worked, 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 worked. And that's what needed to happen at that point. And then I got hit by a car and then I healed, 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 got depressed, depressed, depressed. Yes. That's good. Cause that's what needed to happen. And now I, now you're deciding, deciding, deciding. And now I'm deciding, deciding. moving forward. Yes. And truly, truly. And one of the things I have been thinking about is. I, I'm a, i am I really am a good cook. Like I've, I've made a lot of food in the past. It's funny. It was really sweet. My sister-in-law was asking me like what I make for dinner. And I'm like, you know, I just really don't cook very much now. And she goes, that seems like a waste. And I was so flattered that Megan said that. I was so flattered that she said that because I was like, oh, I was pretty good at making some food because I'm, I'm interested in creating like you and I just love taking anything and making something. Totally. And my mom is a very like free cook. There's not usually recipes. She just brings things together. And I loved what you did in my kitchen, um, creating, what did you call it? So
2: I think every person in a kitchen should have a station. Okay. It should be next to their stove. Next and to the stove. And it should be the basic essentials that you need to bring flavor out of your food. And if you have a little station, like in a professional kitchen, yeah. everyone has a station, and you have the basics there, it's very easy for you to set up Dishes that are delicious.
0: Okay, isn't this like it's so simple? But it's I mean it's not because it's like blowing my mind. Well, I've this never is a whole
2: bridge this. from the professional to the home kitchen. Yes. Right, so anytime I go to my friends' houses, I mean I will I have literally done this with almost all of yes. my friends. I'm like Joy, I'm coming over. Brace yourself, and she's like I'm I'm ready for it. Yeah. And I'll come in and. All the girls, all her kids, They're you know, so Ruby and Coco enjoy everyone wears an apron. Yeah. I'm like, everybody put your aprons on. This is your gear. So yeah. You start with an apron, you throw your Headley and Bennett apron on, which I love putting on people and showing them how to tie it correctly because they yeah. really do feel empowered. It's pretty awesome. That's awesome. Everybody has to go to our website, yes. and Check it out. H-E-D-L-E-Y-A-N-D. Oh, we're gonna E N N E T T to everything. Yeah, girl All of So leaks. so start with an apron, you throw it on, it's your it's your outfit. You're like you're ready for it
0: but I and love thinking about it like I treat my workout gear because I take I my workout exactly. gear very
2: seriously well you walk into your kitchen you're like this is my time I'm just committed. like burn boot camp yeah you show up and you're ready to do that for that hour we burned so, today yeah we did so you <laughs> you walk into your kitchen throw your apron on you're like yeah. I am doing this it's game time Yes. Then you set up a, a little station next to your stove. So I want you guys to get a big cutting board. None of those dinky cutting boards where everything falls off the sides and then you yeah. feel like a total loser because you can't keep your carrots on the cutting board. Like, who does that? <laughs> and then the cutting board sliding around. Yeah. Okay, you lay down a towel, like a little kitchen towel. Yeah. You lay it down and then you put the cutting board on top. Make sure that the cutting board is over like a fi- a foot long like okay. you want it to you be need like at least 18 12, 18 inches. 18 inch okay wide cutting board wood, is do you good. like wood cutting boards wood cutting boards are great I love yeah. boost block
0: great okay. cutting boards one inch thick that's nice. That's I did. I bought a booze block and I felt all bougie, and then it showed up and it's like four inches thick, and I'm like, what thick. am I supposed
2: to do? But with here, this? even if you, even if that's too much money, just get a cutting board that's big enough that it isn't a foot by like eight inches. That's yeah. crazy. You need to go twice as big as that. Yeah. You put the towel down. You put the cutting board there behind the cutting board on your kitchen island or wherever the heck you are. You want to put a little, the little place. It's like a rect. Get a rectangle, square.
0: It's a little tray.
2: Get a little rectangular tray, and I have salt. Get kosher salt or Malden salt or Himalayan pink salt, but get real salt. Salt is actually good for you. Iodized salt not good because it's fake salt. That's mm. like the Morton salt that comes in like a cylinder yeah. at the grocery store. Don't buy that. Buy real salt. And real salt is great. Think about it. Gatorade has salt in it when you work out. Enzymes, electrolytes are made of salt. Salt is good. So you want to have salt. Salt gives flavor. I always have a bar of butter. Do not use margarine for Pete's sake. Butter is good. That is a good Do you like salted
0: or unsalted?
2: I personally like salted. Yeah. Restaurants use unsalted, but go yeah. salted. Have it out on the counter and have it there ready to go. Why? Because you, you're you removing a step that you now no longer have to do in the future. It's there. It's ready to go. You're cutting. You're saving yourself, t- yourself
0: time in the long run. And I know it seems silly, but I really was like mind blown. I have a little thing of kosher salt, like a little um, jar, like a little pincher jar. And you took the lid off and you're like, you don't need the lid. You don't need the I lid. I don't need the lid. You don't need the lid. You want everything. And it really everything. saves a step though. By
2: the way, you're going for a fish and speed you're not going for where is that one kosher salt bottle that's in the back of that bag of things and screw it i'm gonna go get pad thai no like
0: that you end (laughs) up
2: giving up because it's too hard the barrier of entry of cooking ends up being impossible when you can't find the tools that you need yeah yeah so back to the basics okay so you get your salt butter Butter. you want to have Other oils next to your stove. Okay. Grape seed oil is awesome because it burns at a higher level, meaning it doesn't become a carcinogen. Okay. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. Like olive oil burns at a very low temperature. So it it becomes bad oil very Mm. easily. Yeah. Grape seed oil doesn't. Okay. So get grape seed oil and good olive oil. Okay. Have both of those next to your stove. And then you also get a vinegar. I love apple cider vinegar, okay, red wine vinegar, and white wine vinegar, or if you like balsamic vinegar, all day. Yeah. So you you what you're doing is you're building up the basics of flavor. You're you've got b- fat, which is oil, butter, that's fat. Okay. You've got salt. You've got your acid. Yeah. Which is in the vinegar. Yeah. And then you have a fresh pepper grinder, like real pepper. Yeah. But in the in the peppercorn. Yeah. do not buy a box of pepper. She's so mad about do the box not do, of pepper. It is so wrong. You're basically putting so you're putting dirt on your food. That's what it <laughs> tastes like. If you go get eggs at let's call it Denny's, and the salt, the pepper on the table,
0: yeah, that's bad pepper. It's
2: that's dirt. It's dirt pepper. It does nothing. Imagine when you crack it fresh. The flavor just exploded out of that peppercorn and gives it so much more flavor. So when you go to a restaurant and your mind is blown, all we're doing is adding those types of ingredients to basic dishes. And then you're like, whoa, that was insane. Those are the best eggs I've ever had. Because they use really good salt, really good pepper, good butter, and basic ingredients like the yeah. aprons. Yeah. You have the best ingredients or you have crappy ingredients. Up to you to choose. Set that all up and always have that there and restock it, refill it. And I always like to have a basket on the t- on the counter of lemons, limes, onions, garlic, and sometimes ginger. Because okay. lemons are another version of acid. So yeah. if you're going to, let's say we're just going to do something really quick here. Make roasted vegetables. You you get no. I
0: want to make them. Okay, this is how I I make. This is how I show them to Joy. You get broccolini. Okay, okay, the long
2: broccoli leaves, all the leaves on. They become like kale chips. Ooh, nice and crunchy. Turn your oven on 375. Squeeze a whole lemon on there, all over it. Lots of salt, lots of fresh cracked pepper, lots of olive oil. Okay. And then I take the lemon that I that I squeezed all over it and I cut it into thin slices. Almost like in an iced tea. And I lay it lay it all over Stop that. it. Throw it in the oven. 15, 20 minutes later, sometimes it takes even less. You pull it out, give it to your kids, they're gonna be obsessed because it's tangy. It's yeah. a little bit sweet because of the heat. Yeah. And it becomes this like crunchy deliciousness. And you can do that with any roasted vegetable, that's so much more affordable, so much healthier, and so much better for you. I saw you had canola oil. I'm going to throw it out the window. I'm sorry
0: that I had it there. Canola oil is not a good oil.
2: Yeah. Grape seed oil is good for you. Okay.
0: Okay. No canola. Yes,
2: grapeseed. Yes. She approved
0: of my olive oil. Yeah, your olive oil was good. Yeah. Get good salt. Get real salt. Yeah. All I'm telling
2: you to do is get real ingredients. Yeah. Don't buy fake stuff.
0: But I absolutely love that idea of because I really do struggle with vegetables. I don't know why I find yeah. them so confounding. But just that idea of like the little station is set up. And so my vegetable prep, like the cutting board, yeah. the acid, the salt, the fat, yeah. it's all there. It is. Right and next you to don't the even oven.
2: need a real kitchen block of knives. You need three knives. You yeah. need a, a chef's knife, an inch chef's knife. You need a bread knife. That has all the little grooves. We can't you can find cut our serrated Yeah. And, can't and find then it. you need one small paring knife to be able to cut things like apples, herbs, etc. Yeah. You need three knives and a pair of scissors. Stick that in a little cup on your tray. Yeah. And have it there with some tongs, some metal tongs. Yeah. Those are all the things you need. You don't need a giant container of like freaking whisks that you bought at Williams Sonoma that you don't use ever. That's just taking up space next to the giant bag of baking soda that you've never used either by the <laughs> pile of plastic Tupperware that's been there since you were born? No. Girl, you gotta, you got to clean that place up. Marie it's, Kondo your kitchen. Clean it. it make it. Remove hard. all the <laughs> inessentials, and you will find that you will have a much easier time cooking. And I that's what it. I'm about. Yeah, I'm about empowering people inside and outside the kitchen.
0: And you just did that for us today, yeah, Ellen. You crushed it. Okay, here's what you need to do. Number one, just go buy a Hedley & Bennett apron. Because Immediately. what Ellen just shared with us I want one. is worth more than, like, it's worth like 100 aprons. So you should just do yourself a favor, support this freaking woman and buy an apron. One. Yes. Number two. And if you go watch Food Network, you'll start recognizing. Yeah, the look apron. For the little You'll the, be a I, boss like I find all it. of them. I I find everybody it. else. Um and number two, on Instagram, Headley and Bennett is awesome. And this hot mama, Ellen Marie Bennett, that's B-E-N-N-E. Ett definitely follow her and do this for me. Go tell her what your favorite part of the episode was. What you're inspired. Ooh, and even better when people set up their stations. <gasps> yes. Will you tag me so I can oh my appreciate gosh. it. But I would tag love Ellen because I know that you would love that if people tag their station. I go, would love Ellen, that. and then you can praise them. Yes, I want to see your station. We love seriously. To that would make me so happy. That's so oh, fun.
2: Oh, one last thing. Oh, yeah. Have a little stack of towels next to your station, Ooh, and. Yeah a roll of paper towels is always
0: good yeah which we she couldn't find any towels when she needed to wipe her hands and we're out of paper towels but like I'm gonna now that I Maya Angelou now that I know better I'm gonna do better exactly so thank you so much Ellen this was so good thank you guys I'm
2: excited to meet everybody on on Instagram and off Instagram at Ellen Marie Bennett at Headley and Bennett. Yes. And go check out our website, HedleyandBennett.com. And if you're ever in LA, you can totally come visit our factory, get a tour, we'll give you so cool. Jenny's ice cream, <gasps> and what? then you get a whole tour, and we have healthy really? kombucha on tap, and La Colombe coffee as part of the like grand adventure. Like they can just adventure. show up
0: and get a tour? Yep, you can show you're up and get so a tour. You're so good at life. You're so good. Okay, thank you, Ellen. Thank you, guys. <sighs> Aren't you just ready to take on the world now?
1: Get get me in that kitchen.
0: I absolutely love her concept of having that gear and putting it on and that is That is exactly what it does. It's like putting on your gear, you're ready for the world, and I think we can do that in any aspect in our life. We can do it in the kitchen, we can do it in our work, we can do it as a parent. I think I want you to think of a place where you would like a little more confidence in your life and think how you can apply that principle and then get out there and master the art of putting yourself out there like we learned from Ellen today. So be sure to hit up Headley and Bennett. It's H-E-D-L-E-Y. A-N-D, and then Bennett is B-E-N-N-E-T-T dot com to get that apron to be part of Ellen's Apron Squad, and then find Hedley and Bennett and Ellen Marie Bennett on Instagram. We're going to be doing that giveaway this week, and we're just so excited to have you. Now, this was episode 98, which means we are only two episodes away from our 100th episode. We are doing a special episode and we really, really want you guys to be a part of it. We're going to be sharing our favorite tips and tools from people we love, including listeners, on what you do when you want to feel more awesome. What do you do when you're not feeling awesome? How do you help yourself feel a little more awesome than you did before? So what we want is we want audio submissions. So you can just go sit in your closet, sit in your car, somewhere where it's quiet. Do a voice memo on your phone. If you have an iPhone, literally just search voice memo. It's going to pop up. Record that and then email us at awesomewithallison at Do it about 60 to 90 seconds and then say your name and we can feature you on the podcast. We're so excited to do this and bring those submissions in. We have been appreciating. There's been so many amazing reviews lately we always appreciate the reviews thank you guys so freaking much eric do you have a review for us
1: i do this is from graceface1289 she says i've been wanting to write a review but haven't yet because of trying to find the words for what this podcast has meant to me but i'm gonna just try to narrow it down to what it's done for me it has given me the kick in the pants to really celebrate life in ways that i've never even thought about I'm getting some gumption and self-confidence back that I thought had been swept under the rug forever. I'm learning to th- lear- I'm learning to think more healthy thoughts and to be more fully alive. Allison, thank you for being a colorful light in a world that is often full of color- colorless dark. You shine with love and joy in ways that invites others to say, yes, life is beautiful, isn't it? Your vulnerability and spirit of, of perseverance is an inspiration and I cannot thank you enough for being an example of being fully who you are and embracing that with so much joy. Eric, thank you for your peaceful yet fun presence that is so full of wisdom and sound truth. You are both such a treasure. May God bless you richly. Sorry to be long, but if anyone is still reading (laughs) and has not yet listened to this podcast, please listen to it. You will be so blessed. Love you guys.
0: That was really nice. (laughs) Um, Grace Face, thank you so much for such a heartfelt, um, powerful review that Really, I think often I can feel like unworthy of or like, I don't know, almost like, oh, that's great. That's so nice. But like, is it really true? Um, But I'm just going to go ahead and take my own advice and really receive that compliment and appreciate it. And I'm just so grateful that this podcast can be doing that. I'm so grateful to be able to bring... Um, people like Ellen and share their stories. I'm grateful for the time that we get to do one-on-one talks. I'm thankful that you care what we have to say, and we definitely care what you have to say and appreciate those reviews so much. Thank you so much for sharing. We are definitely going to send you some swag, so shoot us an email at awesomewithallison at com. Uh, with your mailing address, Grace, so that we can say thank you for that absolutely beautiful review. And I want to remind you on that note, um, you know, we love hearing what you have to say. We love hearing your voice, and we're just so grateful that we can have this exchange with you. Why? Because only you can be you, and you are already as awesome as you need to be. Eric, what are you going to take us out on?
1: I'm going to take us out on a song called "Flan." By my friend Joseph Sandholtz. This collection is called Hazy Dreams Volume 1. It's all like warped hip-hop, really chill, cool stuff. I
0: love it. And your new site is looking so good.
1: If you are making any content online, I promise you. Your
0: life will be better.
1: You're not going to find anything higher quality for this price to make your content pop.
0: I just did a video about our workshop. Allison's Brand School has a workshop coming up, and we just did a video about it in Arizona. And literally, people could not stop talking about how awesome the music was on the piece.
1: I mean, we focus so much on the quality to make sure that when you use it, your stuff does pop. We have one plan; it's $199 a year for unlimited music, and the library is getting huge. And there's just so much, so much. And stuff they to have
0: a discount. Awesome with Eric.
1: Use code awesome with Eric for 20% off. You, you know how much you'll save. Do the math. Sheesh. Get to pleasantpictures.club and enjoy. This song is called Flan.